0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the College Basketball Edition. I am AJ Hoffman. You can follow me on the socials at AJ is the real. He is Griffin Warner. You can follow him at the real underscore G Warner. Was the underscore like a necessity? Did someone take the real G Warner?
1: <laughs> Thank you for bringing this up. Uh, well. The first ever Twitter account I saw was the real underscore shack, And I thought it was funny to go the real underscore G Warner. Cause like there was no fake of me. And by the time I realized this Twitter thing with a little bird icon, now whatever we call it is going to be cool. I went to go change it and Griffin was taken. Grif- like everything I could think of was gone. So Damn. I just left it gotcha. as is. And now I'm stuck trying to be the real Shaq. except slightly different body type. Fair enough.
0: All right. We are, normally have four big games that we're going to talk to you about over the weekend, but Griffin has decided that one of those four big games that I selected is going to be his best bet. So we're going to have three big games and then we're going to get to best bets. And Griffin's going to tell you about one of the, that means great news. Griffin's not like Griffin's not an asshole like me. Who's going to make you bet on (laughs) Ivy league basketball, not only Ivy league basketball, but like, when we recorded last weekend, it was like I'm going to give you a. There's Friday, Saturday basketball for the Ivy League. I'm going to give you a Saturday play. I don't even know what happens on Friday, but let's bet the Saturday game. I don't know how many people were like, "Dude, really, really? You're betting the Saturday?
1: Really? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't know that.
0: That was you're getting a lot of flack for if that. People were annoyed. I'm not going to lie. But that's okay. It was a
1: winner. That's what matters, right? I mean, oh my God! Like, if you get a free meal, do you then say, "Oh, I'm sorry, it was a cheeseburger instead <laughs> I, of a chicken sandwich"? I don't know like, what's going on. I here? don't
0: know, but listen, it was a winner. I take winners around here. That's what I'm about—is winners. And
1: I mean, when you walk to the the guy at the counter, lady, whatever they, them, whoever, when you go hand them a ticket and they give you money back, usually people are thankful.
0: I for would that. think. I thought I would. I'm usually happy. So, and you know what? Got a winner on my total this week barely uh hey it, doesn't matter w- did they did
1: the ticket person paid out they think saint think mary's
0: was saint mary's did their job if it were a first half under it would have won by a million second mm. half was a little sweaty and <laughs> saint mary's the problem with saint mary's unders is when they're abusing a team, which they were doing in this situation, to Portland, for some reason they still like to shoot threes when they're up 30 with like two minutes left. They're just like, we don't care. We're we're insulting you, which makes it scary for a total. To get
1: those numbers up for seeding, yeah. you know. But
0: we got the win, and that's all that really matters here, in my opinion. If, you're, if we're given winners, we're given winners, and that was a winner. All right, we are going to get started, and we're going to skip what i had listed as the first game because again this is griffin's best bet which means there we go i <laughs> i'm cur- i'll be honest when you said this i said ooh i'm i might want to push back but again it, it will We'll discuss why I won't push back uh, when we get to that point.
1: No, you can't. You can. not Well, I'll back. push yeah. back,
0: but then I'll I'll give the reasoning of why I'm like, I'm not going to bet against you because it would be stupid to bet against you, to be honest, in this situation. I mean,
1: it's, it's just you'd be winning 40% of your bets so far. Exactly. This uh, if, if that's what you'd like, that's,
0: and that's fine. Th- it's hard to go against that. Uh, let's go with a game that really makes no sense at all, but I am glad that it's happening. <laughs> because it's funny when I sent you the numbers over today, you were like, why the hell is that game happening? Gonzaga in the middle of their conference schedule out of the blue, they played Portland this week and they're playing Loyola next week. And they said, you know what this weekend, let's go to fucking Rupp arena and play Kentucky. And that's what they're doing. Friend, they are headed to Kentucky, the bluegrass state, and we're going to go Gonzaga, a four-and-a-half-point dog at the Wildcats. Let's discuss. Let's talk about why this game's happening, first of all. Although I don't, I think neither one of us really know the answer. My initial thought was maybe this game was scheduled to happen and COVID knocked I, it off. I mean, I
1: literally thought, I was like, Gonzaga's like, oh, my God, we might not get in the tournament. Let's schedule this ridiculous game and if we can somehow get a win because the loss isn't going to hurt I, us. I mean, okay, so this is the other thing. How
0: important is this game to Gonzaga? Because they have had now, I want to say, five opportunities at Q1 wins. It was they were, they were against Purdue, Washington, UConn, San Diego State, and St. Mary's. Lost all of them. This, if, if Gonzaga can get a road win at Kentucky... Which, again, we'll make this number uh, four and a half, uh, maybe five, closer to five on Kentucky. Kentucky's lost two straight home games. They're not unstoppable at home. They lost to Florida and Tennessee. Tennessee is very, very good. Florida is, I don't know how much better Florida is than Gonzaga. Um, how big of a win would this be for the Zags? And Gonzaga is coming off essentially a an assault of Portland. Is this is this a random scheduling spot a good thing or a bad thing for Kentucky? Or uh I guess for Kentucky or Gonzaga. How do you think this game plays out? And does this Gonzaga team that the big question was in the in the at the beginning of the season is, man, can this team score enough? I don't think Kentucky's going to have a problem letting Gonzaga score. Kentucky lets everyone score. The question is, <laughs> can Gonzaga stop Kentucky at all? I'm curious your thoughts on this game. I do find this to be one of the more fascinating games of the week.
1: I mean, I'm just interested in it at, from a scheduling standpoint, as we already talked about. But uh, Gonzaga currently their best win in their, on their schedule is Yale in their opener uh, at home. I, I guess closely followed by a home win against San Francisco. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, that's not a tournament resume, especially in the WCC, unless they can somehow win at St. Mary's, which seems like that might not happen. And a loss at San Francisco could be really damaging for them as well. Uh, This is, I mean, a big test because Jay Billis and literally everyone is saying how Gonzaga is the best team in the world. And they've gotten one seeds and they've gotten really easy pass and almost national championships and it's hard to argue with their performance in the tournament, but they've gotten great seeds and great paths. So, and being in the West so many years when the West was so down was uh, also really helpful um, in terms of this. I mean, this game is huge for them because it gives them an opportunity that they wouldn't have the WCC. i uh, um, I'm almost like tempted to say this is brilliant scheduling because, I mean, the loss doesn't hurt them so bad. It only probably raises their strength of schedule and they're not in, like, in a risk or they're not risking finishing 500 and basically disqualifying themselves from the tournament. So this is basically a, a win-win situation or just not a lose situation. So I think that's great. Um, What I don't think is great is Gonzaga as a basketball team. They've got expectations. And to me, a four and a half number is lower than I'd make it. And I'm usually, unfortunately, a little bit lower on on the underdogs because it's just how I'm wired. But uh, Kentucky has had defensive problems. Yes. But I don't know that Gonzaga can really exploit them unless they're just going to pound the ball inside. And that's to me a problematic experience now with Kentucky having two seven foot bigs and then another one that's on the bench as well. If he's gotten over his like mononucleosis or whatever little uh, disease he had that, that kept him out of Tennessee, so I, I don't really know why this game's happening. But it's I think it's great for Gonzaga, but I think it's also potentially going to open the eyes to the committee and give us another data point that uh, Gonzaga is not very good.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not as. I, I mean, listen, I don't think Gonzaga is very good. I agree with that. But I do think Gonzaga is in a situation where now they're maybe a little even underrated. Um, because, to be quite honest, I'm not sure Kentucky's any good. <laughs> like uh, Losing – again, we, we talk about the home road splits. And at the beginning of the year when this team lost to UNC Wilmington at home, I was like, well, Wilmington's a really good mid-major. It's not like a dreadful loss. But, I mean, now they've lost like multiple games at Rupp. And quite honestly, Gonzaga is better than Florida. They're better than Wilmington. They're not better than Tennessee, but Tennessee absolutely obliterated Kentucky at home. Like I, I don't really know how good this Kentucky team is. And if I think if you're giving me more than a possession, I'm interested in Gonzaga. I do think this is a desperation spot for them. Um. I watching Gonzaga as someone who I had Gonzaga minus 26 uh, on Wednesday as we record this on Thursday. Uh, I I bet that on Tuesday night and I woke up and it was like 29. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. I got that early number Hmm. and Gonzaga won by like 31 or 32. It didn't matter. Every every Gonzaga number one. They are so efficient at the rim. And that is where Kentucky's defense is absolutely questionable is at the rim and Kentucky's offense. I mean, again, they're, they've, they've shot the ball really well this season. And, uh, but the question to me is, can Reed Shepard continue to shoot at like a 50 a something percent clip from three for the season is Rob Dilling right. is Rob Dillingham going to shoot 45% all year. Is Antonio Reeves going to shoot 45% all year? None of that seems real to me. So I think there's got to be some kind of regression. I I think I I mean I I generally agree with you. I don't think Gonzaga is very good. I really don't. But I I also think that Kentucky is maybe in a situation where they've gotten to be a little overhyped, you know, laying this kind of number at home when they've shown to be vulnerable at home and I think more For Kentucky, I mean, these SEC wins matter more than anything. Gonzaga, this is this is the game. This is a game that can really decide what happens with it. Because we, what we know with Gonzaga is for the rest of the season, the likelihood that they are going to, they're playing their last two games are in doubt. San Francisco and Saint Mary's on the road; those two games are in doubt. The rest of their schedule between the Kentucky game and those two games is not in doubt. I don't care where the games are played. I don't care what the spread is. I, I would bet I would bet my kid that can, that Gonzaga goes 4-0 in those games. Gonzaga has absolutely dominated the the soft part of the of this WCC still. The question is can they hang with the big dogs? They beat San Francisco at home, you mentioned, probably their best win this season. Can they do it on the road? I don't know. It, it's going to be it, I, that may be a spot where I'd look to fade them. Can they win at St. Mary's? St. Mary's seems pretty damn good. I'd say probably not. This win is important to them. I, I think you get their best effort. I, I think this game matters more to Gonzaga than it does to Kentucky. And just the, the recent vulnerability at home makes me feel like maybe Gonzaga catching more than a possession on the road is is worth a, a, a shot here. So I, I, I think we're going to disagree on this one, which generally happens when there's a, a – you know, a a road dog and it's not super long. I know you don't like to bet road teams. I'm okay with road teams and situations. Uh, This is a situation where I'm okay with one. Um, So I I think I'd back Gonzaga here, especially outside of four.
1: I'm just not willing to put any family members on the line because trips to Gersten Pavilion with the palm trees on the Loyola Marymount court, just to me, doesn't always feel give. I mean, yes, Gonzaga's killed them in the past. I was going to say, so, I don't think in my but, in my kids' lifetime, I don't think Gonzaga's lost there. So, <laughs> I I feel like Gonzaga. I mean. The rest of the schedule, they're going to be a 30, a 18, and a 16-point favorite, so they should be pretty good. I mean, Herb Sendek has pulled off some upsets in his days, specifically in his NC State days as well. I just think, in terms of this game, Gonzaga is going to what should be a pretty tough environment. Um, Arguably, this game matters more to Gonzaga for getting into the tournament, but they're not used to that pressure. And I feel like Kentucky with a big crowd coming off a pretty disappointing uh, week, where they lost to both Florida and Tennessee at home. Which I feel like they had a nice bounce back at Vanderbilt, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that says anything. Unfortunately, <laughs> it does not. Um, I, I just I, I think there's a lot to be learned about both of these teams, and unfortunately, or fortunately, they they both can't lose um, because I, I think we both would expect them to really. F- kind of flop in one of these situations. Uh, a close loss for Gonzaga doesn't really do it. I imagine this is the best effort that Gonzaga will give, as you mentioned, with this being a big, big game for them and in getting into the tournament. So I feel like if this is a pot where like Gonzaga doesn't show up, then we might not really see them much through the rest of the season. If they do get a win here, I just feel like especially in terms of Kentucky's usually overbet because they have such a big fan base, but I feel like Gonzaga sure. that name is so valuable that I, I just don't really know that we're getting any sort of cheap prices um, on either of these teams. So it probably should be a, it probably should be a pretty fair line. And uh, I'll, I'll side with the home team though. I, I certainly understand the the questions about Kentucky so far this season. All
0: right, let's go to the big 12. Baylor is at Kansas. We're going to project the Jayhawks about a four and a half point home favorite and Kansas just, they were a home dog for, I think, the fourth time in the last 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. How'd that go? AJ? Uh, it went about the way we thought it would go, and Kansas got themselves an outright win. I I just can't imagine a world where I'd be like, yeah, I'll bet against Kansas at home as a dog. Like That's crazy to me. Here we get Kansas at home. Um Baylor is a team that I feel like I have supported more than the market has, and quite honestly, it's done me it's done me well. Um, they've been a, a a short favorite a couple times, like they were a short favorite against Texas Tech on Tuesday, and they they got the job done. Uh, I think this Baylor team is better than people think. They they had the 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 stretch of losses where it was Kansas State, Texas, and TCU. And two of those games were in overtime. One of them was in triple overtime against TCU. The Texas game was about as close as you can get in Austin. They lost all three of those games. But I think if they if they win one of those games, I think we think of Baylor differently. And uh, it, it feels like people are suddenly out on this Baylor team. And uh, let's face it, I, I think we talked about this last week. I lost on the Baylor-Iowa State game because Scott Drew caught got called for technical that – I've never seen called on a head coach before. He Scott Drew got ejected from a game for something I've never seen a coach get ejected for. Like it's very difficult to get ejected for leaving the coaching box unless you do like what Kelvin Sampson did and like <laughs> run across the floor onto the court and basically like wave your When arm. he was up 20 points, yeah. like
1: that that one is head He knew he was me, getting yeah, kicked out. Scott Drew praying, yeah. I mean yeah, Scott Drew like loud. took two steps past the line and they were like you're out of here, pal. I think he was on a knee also. Like, I don't know if he was praying or what he was doing necessarily, but yeah, some stickler referees. That well, day. he
0: wasn't praying for Baylor minus three. I can tell you that as they only won by two. <laughs> uh, I'm curious your thoughts on where these two teams are at right now. Do, is Baylor, is for? let me ask you this, is Baylor a national championship contender? I want to know that question because I kind of think they are, and I think I'm in a very, it seems like a minority that thinks they are. And with Kansas, after, after that incredible Houston win, they lose to Kansas State on the road. I'm curious your thoughts on this game. I, I, I think I, I'm i almost certain I'm going to sit this out because my inclination is to bet Baylor. And as I've said before, I don't want to bet Kansas. I don't want to get bet against Kansas at fog. So I'm, I'm likely out on this
2: game, but I'm, I want to see if you've got a, a great angle here. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore I've been drinking AG one because for AG one quality, isn't just a buzzword. AG one's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support. Vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore.
0: Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit.
1: I mean, you are certainly, I mean, I feel like of this two-person podcast, you are uh, alone on the Baylor could win the national championship bandwagon. But they do have a good coaching staff, good, great coach, and some players like Yves Misi who are going to be a ton better than they, they are even now uh, in March or April, depending how far they go. Um, I, I think I'm with you that Baylor has really struggled in the series for a long time, but also Baylor was like literally the most rebuild of rebuild programs when players were killing each other and things like that. Yeah. And coaches were covering for them saying they were drug dealers, like amazing to see what Scott Drew has done for this university and for this program. Um, I think they've won once at the fog, but that's not saying really anything. Cause you could argue, I don't think Oklahoma has won there and forever. So like I, maybe ever. Um, so there's a lot of those that are out there. And, and I feel like looking to history doesn't make a ton of sense because Baylor is such a better program now than they were then. Um, from a, a, I, I just don't think Baylor's good enough defensively to win the national championship. Of course, if you go make a ton of threes, you can beat anybody and uh, you never know where the chips may fall with how many upsets are around you in your brackets. Uh, Worked for Gonzaga a lot of times until they ran into this Baylor team, in the national championship way back when, I think COVID year. Um, but it's like one of those where I don't see it happening, but once you get brackets, like honestly, there, there are just perfect highways that are, like paved roads that are ready for everyone to go and some are easier than others, et cetera, et cetera. My biggest concern though with big 12 teams is that they're going to be underseeded just because they can't possibly get out of this conference with five losses, like a lot of others. And like UNC might have or something like that, assuming they don't actually play real teams like the rest of the ACC Um, from a Kansas perspective, I I feel like it's really tough spot to, to back them at home after they just Uh, pretty much controlled a Houston team that everyone had favored. Everyone was in love with all, I mean, number one team across all the analytics sites and obviously with all their expectations and respect that they've gotten over the years. Um, But I, I just feel like fading KU at the fog is just a really tough thing because they can have those incredible three point shooting starts or full games that can really get them way ahead and have them kind of running away and what I think Baylor will try to do is try to stem the momentum or call, use a bunch of timeouts to kind of stop that from recurring. But I worry that Baylor's defense is not strong enough to uh, prevent open shots. Johnny Furphy's shown up. That's a, an important other kind of option for KU because they. I think you've said a lot in this podcast that KU is just really limited to it's really two players, Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller. Uh, Dwan Harris seems all right. And then they're getting a little bit like the glue guy type of performances from KJ Adams. Incredible that they went to him with a for a dunk to send it to overtime at Kansas State midweek. And, what a and, weird game that was, by the way.
0: And, uh, and Johnny Furphy, since he's been in the lineup, with the exception of the loss at Kansas State, has been super solid. Like, he was a real reason why they beat UH. uh maybe – I mean, he was the Kin Palm MVP in that game. So the, the Australian freshman has been very good – uh, and giving them kind of a dimension that I didn't, I didn't know if they would have, uh, and giving them an extra rebounder. So that he uh, he certainly made things interesting. So like while I was kind of shitting on their depth and and saying they they don't have any other good players, it looks like a couple of those guys are starting to step up. And they they heard the the chatter and were like, because obviously Johnny Furphy's been listening to my show to this podcast <laughs> yes, and said, yes, you know what, yes, I've got yes. to really step my game up, and he has.
1: Yeah, I, I added him, and uh, he was like, "Oh my god, can't believe it!" Uh, he must, He also called me a Kiwi. No way. Um, I don't think. I don't think you actually did that. But I mean, looking at Ku's depth, I mean, they've got five-ish four starters with now Furphy five, and then they've got five fouls behind Hunter Dickinson in Brown, uh, transfer from Santa Clara. Speaking of West Coast Conference teams uh timberlake who comes in and looks like a disaster every time he's on the floor so like they're really thin the nice part is they play in a building that shakes they have a huge crowd ba- fan base that i'm expecting to go there in two weekends Nice, uh, that's the plan uh if i can make it all happen uh, and then last time texas is going so i might as well go see a, a burial but uh, i feel like at this point it's 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 really just I'm back in KU at home until something changes. I mean, they're probably out of my price range as the seven-point favorite or so that we might be seeing here. Um, and I'm curious to see how Baylor does because Kansas has not been infallible at home. TCU's gone in there and run around the gym, I think, last season. Uh, and then Baylor's had good success but has also struggled to hold on to leads there. So... Um, you, I can see this game going a lot of ways. I, I just feel like in general, this doesn't feel like one of those I feel confident enough to uh, throw my throw my money where my mouth is and, and back a road dog entry into Fog Allen Fieldhouse.
0: All right, let's take a look out at the Pac-12 where Arizona is at Colorado. And Arizona got a narrow, narrow, narrow road cover uh, at Utah. And I'll say this. The first thing I thought was when and that was tonight, uh, as we again, as we record this Thursday night, Arizona was a five and a half point favorite at Utah. They won that game by six points. Um, So, again, a a very narrow cover.
1: How many overtimes?
0: Uh, That was, I'm pretty sure, a 40 minute collegiate basketball matchup.
1: Uh, Arizona at oh no Utah it was tonight, it was a right? no it, no it was three
0: overtimes I'm sorry
1: yeah it, it, yeah it, it was yeah yes. three overtime not game. only did Utah cover forty minutes forty five minutes 50 they were covering minutes. the whole game oh my god what yeah a, they, what a
0: brutal yeah I, I'm sorry yeah backer. sorry I don't I don't know why yeah. I said oh how long was that game and my thought was oh it's a, a basketball game but no yeah it was a three overtime <laughs> sorry, game sorry uh, and you're right yeah. you, uh, like I it's so funny I wanted to bet Utah so bad. And, well, at halftime, it felt like I, – and I was watching that game, and at halftime, I was like, oh, thank God I didn't bet Utah. It looked like Arizona was going to just run them out. And the second half, Utah controlled the game and obviously goes to overtime again and again and again. And in the third overtime, a six-point win on a five-and-a-half-point dog. That is a tough beat to swallow. Mm. But that makes me more and more interested in Colorado here – As first of all, I think it's it's very, very difficult to sweep this road trip in the Pac-12. Hardest one in this in this sport. I think think so. And Arizona is a team that's been shaky at best on the road. And I I, again, as as we were watching this game tonight, I was like, oh, they're they're about to they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game. Arizona's not as good as they were a year ago. I, I don't think Arizona's bad by any stretch, but Colorado at home, much like Utah, is just a force, and they blew out Arizona State tonight. Um, I, I think it is going to have to be a home dog or pass for me. I'm sure this one's super comfortable for you. The question is, <laughs> if, if we're just talking about a two point spread, which is kind of what I project here, Colorado plus two. Is that enough for you against a team that's certainly got a lot more talent in Arizona? Although I do think that coming off triple overtime, you generally want to fade that team anyway, uh, particularly on, on this mountain trip. Like, it, it talk, is there a reason why you, you don't want to back the Buffaloes here?
1: It's just really, I'm laughing because, I mean, we've been doing this podcast a while. We do chat fairly fairly frequently, I think you'd say, during the College Basketball season. But I don't even need to say anything. I mean, there's no number here with a plus sign in front of it that is too small for me. Um, Let's also not forget, and I know this very, very, it hits very close to home because I bet Colorado with, Kind of ran out of time and was rushing into it. Didn't really have a great feel for injuries uh, and absentees on their trip to Arizona, where they lost by a whopping forty-seven <laughs> points. So, if there's ever a chance for some potential redemption, uh, coming off, uh, well. On the hardest road trip, uh, Pac-12 schools are unlike any other. You play two road games in a week. I mean, that is a grueling schedule, and I feel like it's been really cool, and like I kind of respect it, and I don't know if that's like a climate pledge thing or whatever. I'm not trying to get political, but... Uh, that's a really tough thing to do to teams because most teams in every other conference, they go home for a game and they play on the road, a game, home, a game, road, a game. Uh, Like maybe there's sometimes a little bit different than the schedules there, but this is like every week it's, it's, you're either home, you're away in the PAC 12 And that's been a really tough road trip, especially the second leg going to altitude. I don't know exactly where Tucson is in terms of of altitude, but I imagine that's uh, far less than anything in the Rocky Mountains, high in the Rockies. So um, there's a lot there pointing towards Colorado. Uh, I feel like they, uh, I mean, if you look at their schedule, I'm trying to find a home loss. I haven't found one yet, and I'm about to be at the top of their schedule. So uh, it certainly they haven't had a ton of incredibly difficult uh, teams in there because you could argue the Pac-12 is pretty weak as well. But uh, it's a good team that's fighting for a tournament berth. Uh, I've seen Arizona struggle. And I just – I mean, they seem to be a juggernaut at home, but they also – gave up a ton of threes to a, a, a kind of a, a perimeter playing center and Maxime Renault for Stanford. Just a, I think you talked about it on a, a couple of shows ago, might've been even on, on our last podcast we did on Sunday. So I'm looking for any number here. Plus two feels good enough for me for Colorado. Um, it was actually close to being one of my best bets as well. Uh, hearing that Arizona was in double overtime, but going to triple overtime, having to make this road trip, uh, I feel like there's a rest advantage on the Colorado side, and there's a big revenge type of factor here. So, give me the buffs. Anything with a plus, uh, I don't know that I'd be interested in laying points with them, but I don't think that's you necessarily going to gonna happen. And and even then, I still I still might.
0: If you didn't have to lay, I mean, if you were catching five and a half with Utah tonight, you're not gonna you're not gonna have to lay buff, lay lay points with Colorado. There's there's no way
1: because they were basically rated the same Utah's pretty much a home court advantage favorite over, over Colorado last week. So yeah, I mean, I expect them to be an underdog, Um, but I, I I don't think that even laying three points would potentially keep me off of Colorado. That would be a a weird parallel universe. That probably is not one we're living in, but uh, it wouldn't.
0: All right. Before we get into best bets, Griffin, let's tell the people how they can save some money at pregame.com.
1: Yeah, let's get in there and use promo codes. I swear these are built for college basketball and the College Basketball Podcast. Uh, But use the promo code SLASH15. I guess we're slashing uh, $15 off on, or we're slashing to the hoop, as I think you mentioned pre-show when I... confirm that these are what we're using. <laughs> Slash fifteen, good for fifteen dollars off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. Good for seven days from the podcast release. So you got until a little bit after Valentine's Day, but you might as well jump in on this Saturday weekend. And we also have this thing called the Super Bowl this weekend. I think I'm we like sure to call Taylor it the big game. props are out there. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, my yeah, bad. yeah. I hope we don't have to edit this. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Now we're banned from the, the airwaves. Sorry, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Thank you. Please like, subscribe, give us a five stars, all that sort of stuff, uh, at least before they take the showdown. But yes, the big game uh, is this Sunday as well. I've got plenty of handicappers with picks out there. I actually need to get mine in. And I think I'm going to go through this prop calendar, and just figure out who exactly, what Gatorade color, everything like that, <laughs> to figure out who, I'm probably not allowed to say Gatorade. I think either, you can so say Gatorade whatever. or G.
0: Just say G drink.
1: Yeah, whatever the real G. Warner drink or something like that on Twitter, That all that sort of stuff. Use the promo code SLASH15, good for $15 off for all listeners of this College Basketball Podcast. And we get a little credit for using it. Our bosses like us a little bit more and potentially maybe do more of these podcasts and more time of AJ and I spending together each week, maybe next year. We'll see. Uh, he probably doesn't want that. But anyway, so use SLASH15. 15, 15. An,
0: did you win your best bet too? Was this another 2-0 and week for us?
1: Uh, I did not win my best bet. It pushed, it okay. pushed, it pushed. So one. So it was a perfect week. I had Xavier minus three. That's uh, right. seemed to be a, a number that stuck, uh, didn't really move off of it, which was weird to me for a while. And, uh, Xavier, I mean, you could say back and forth to say the least of that game, but, uh, Xavier up three with 13 or so seconds left. Phil Nova had the ball. Do you remember? The, Let the me ending? tell you
0: this. I, I, I want in my mind, if I watch that game a hundred times, I would say, man, you're lucky you pushed that game. The truth is that possession for Villanova at the end of the Xavier game is exactly <laughs> why I sit on this podcast and make fun of Kyle Neptune. That is what Villanova is. They, that is like that possession. It, it, like, I don't know how
1: you can watch this. Can you go to it? Like guess it was on Fox. I don't know how you can watch the game now. Well, get ready cuz Fox, I like to watch things on on delay, but Fox takes things down within 2 days. So if you're if you're not oh, watching it live, it's on Fox, you better jump on there ASAP cuz I can't tell you how many YouTube clips I've had to watch with replays that only show Xavier's like offensive baskets or something like that to get me any sort of update on a game I just bet go, on, which is really infuriating. Uh, don't get me go started. Go to
0: Twitter anywhere and try to find the in-game of Xavier Villanova and you're going to go, "How is Kyle Neptune employed by Villanova University because that was a Kyle Neptune possession?
1: But you know what? We'll take a push and uh, one oh and one. I mean, at that point, you're right. I'll take a push. I mean, perfect week for the podcast, a perfect episode, which was huge. I like drawing up a play for Brendan Housen, who I, I can't say I, I could even spell his first name, wasn't sure if his en or, or an um and then having him basically be like i can't shoot this i barely play let's give it to michael dixon a six foot eight 250 pounder uh who didn't want to shoot in with uzman in his face either i mean what a incredible ending like it's not like there's two seconds left but to not get a, a shot off I, I thought Sean miller might foul and then i might be able to get a little bit uh lucky on a, a offensive or a defensive rebound get fouled and make a free throw or two to close it out but uh I'll take a push. it's like a free movie. Uh, basically got to got to sweat, have a nice little sweat out there and uh, got all my money returned to me so uh, no plus no minus. All
0: right I, guess. I will take the lead on this week's best bet and I'm gonna go with corn who I, I Nebraska, I feel like I've bet on Nebraska on this po- I don't even really like this Nebraska team. I've bet on them probably three or four times on this pod. I feel like they, even though I don't love this team, I I feel like we keep getting good numbers on them. Like nobody wants to believe in uh, Fred Hoiberg's team here. And here Mm -hmm. they're about – I'm going to project a a six-and-a-half, seven-point favorite over Michigan. And I'm going to lay the wood with Nebraska mostly because, first of all, Nebraska is so much better at home than they are on the road they're coming off two straight losses and in those two losses like they almost won that game at Illinois like you could argue they should have won that game at Illinois um it, they should have won a road game at Rutgers like they, they've been they've competed on the road in a way that a lot of big Ten teams just haven't competed on the road but they are just a, a world beater at home I mean they beat Wisconsin at home. Uh, They beat Northwestern at home. They beat Purdue at home. They've got one home loss this season. It was to Creighton, their in-state rival, which for Creighton isn't really a road game, and there were probably more Creighton fans at that game than there were Nebraska fans, to be quite honest. And here we get this Michigan team in a rare sell-high spot this season. They had lost five straight games. They get a home win, and now they're back on the road. Uh, they have not been good on the road in Big Ten play. Uh, I mean, they they got blown out at Michigan State, and I, well, Michigan State maybe you know one of the, for a team that is rated top twenty in Ken Palm, like Michigan State's one of those teams. Like if you're losing by twenty points to Michigan State, there's a problem. I'm not saying Michigan State's awful. But if Michigan State's offense is is beating you by 20 points, there's a real issue here. I think Michigan has real, real issues. They're coming off the biggest win they're probably going to have all season at home against Wisconsin. Great win. Don't get me wrong. But I do think now going back on the road against a team that's been very difficult to beat in their house in Nebraska, a very good shooting team, and I really think – my whole thought was, man, this Bryce Williams rink mass combo is get that like however good they are, that's what's going to that's what's going to decide how good Nebraska is. I did not see the explosion of Casey Tominaga that we've seen and it's not like Casey Tominaga is just showing up. The guy's been there and this is his third year at Nebraska. This feels like a totally different dude. This feels like a game-changing type of player right now um he's he's shooting almost 40% from 3 i i just think that in this spot ne- again i don't know if nebraska's a tournament team i think they're going to be borderline one way or the other but these are the types of games all season long that they've just handled their business and against better teams like again if if they were beating wisconsin by 8 points uh they were beating ohio state by double digits they were beating northwestern by 6 7 points those are those are teams that are way better than this Michigan team, which is maybe now. I, I don't know. Like, is Michigan the worst team in the Big Ten? They're in the discussion. Looks like a record. They're in the discussion yeah. for worst team in the Big Ten. But this is an opportunity for us because of I still think the preseason expectations on Michigan, where they were a top, you know, top forty-five, top fifty team in Ken Palm. Uh, now they're they're barely hanging on in the top 100 we're still getting a little bit of a discount by playing against them here so i'm going to go with corn my corn boys minus 7 hosting michigan where are you going for your best bet well
1: i'd like i'd like i'd like to say they are the corn boys of the uh straight out of vegas am uh, pregame college basketball podcast cuz i've bet nebraska at home the last go. three home games i've bet them in I believe four of their home games. Uh, what they really need to get in that tournament discussion is Kansas state to keep winning. Cause that was their lone road win this season. And I don't know, maybe to pick up a road win at Indiana is going to be tough at Ohio state. Maybe is their best chance or that final game at Michigan. Um, they're, I think they're good. I think Nebraska, no one goes into the vault as they're calling it now or pinnacle bank arena and steals a victory, uh, especially Michigan with that, uh, hot shot NBA assistant, uh, Juwan Howard, who now looks like he might be losing his job this year. At least I probably would make that move considering what happens off the court, which has been an actual absolute carnival comedy show, clown show, whatever you want to call it. It's been a circus maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, I like Nebraska. I think it's probably bigger priced than I'm usually comfortable yeah. with, but uh, I don't see Michigan going in there getting a win. So good luck uh, with them playing that foul game late just to hang around, if they can even hang around. Uh, for my best bet, I'm going to go with the Michigan State Spartans. I know you had outlined this as one of our potential games. Want to talk about it? Or how, how do you want me to just want to? You know what? I'm going to let you let, shoot
0: your shot, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll riff off what you got.
1: Okay. So Michigan State watched them very closely in a game at Minnesota this weekend or midweek. Um, they were leading for a lot of the game. And Minnesota, I don't really know how they do it, but they have some patented second half runs. They did one to close out the first half, which, I mean, is honestly the same script as they've played against multiple teams this year. Uh, I feel like Northwestern was exactly that way last weekend. But for me, Michigan State, I mean, they've gotten a lot of respect, I feel like, in the marketplace, being a pretty small underdog on the road at Wisconsin, uh, despite losing them in their first matchup, and then going on the road were favorite at Minnesota. Um, Same things there. And I feel like going back to President Center, they're a much different team. I feel like they're really relying on three-point shot at times, but really their most important most important thing for Michigan State in time is now to me is just beating the other team down the floor. I feel like it's much easier to do at home because your opponent's less likely to make jump shots. And I haven't had a ton of success fading Illinois so far this season, but I just don't really think that Illinois deserves where they are in the big 12 or excuse me, the big 10 standings. And I feel like their climb to basically being now the biggest challenger to Purdue is putting them at a little bit of uh, You're basically paying a premium to back them. And I feel like, yeah, something like that. And so Michigan State, I think I was expecting a two- to three-point favorite. You gave me three. Um, Pretty much anything, I'm playing up to four points now. I've I've decided to add that extra point of willingness uh, just because I feel like home court's that much more of an advantage. Uh, In the Big Big Ten especially, I feel like it's the most important big – really – home court advantage in all of the leagues out there. Um, generally, I, I skew to home teams. It's been something that's been working for me the last couple of seasons, but I feel like it's one of those games where it's an early start, and I, I feel like Illinois struggles to get into gear, and I feel like this is one of those games that Illinois lost. They don't want to take, but they can, and Michigan State will be much hungrier, especially after giving you one away on the road at Minnesota. Yeah,
0: generally my thought too, uh, I backed Minnesota uh, and got got paid off for it. This Illinois team, when when you look at their like the Big Ten home road splits are absurd. We know that Illinois is one of the teams that has. I mean, they've got some some road wins and really road blowouts. But when you dig in and you say, okay, who are their who are their road wins? They beat Rutgers, who is I don't know if Rutgers is is bad. I don't. First of all, Rutgers not they're not good, and I mean they're sure yeah. at a at a minimum they're one dimensional. They they blew out Ohio State, who I don't think is any good, and they blew out Michigan, who I just told you is is no good, particularly on the road. So while any team that's got three Big Ten road wins is like wow, that's impressive. I don't know that they've got a Big Ten road win that I that I look at and go, hmm, okay, that's nice. I, they're, I mean they're beating the dregs of the Big Ten on, on the road. Whatever you think about Michigan State, and I think Michigan State has real issues as far as who do you trust to score outside of Tyson Walker? Because if you say A.J. Hogard, you're lying because you don't trust him. No one trusts A.J. Hogard. Um, But I I do think that they're at least solid enough that we can't consider them the bottom tier of this team or or of this league. And if they're not a bottom tier of the Big Ten team, I'm not going to fade them at home. So uh, I, I generally agree with where you're going with this pick.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's we're at a point now in the season as well. Unfortunately, it was a few months. I mean, November to February to me or really towards conference play and maybe a little bit into it. You get some cheap home teams that are actually really good uh, but are underpriced because of preseason expectations because Ken Palm includes last year's numbers in his metrics, all those sort of things. Uh, And that's why you see a bunch of lines moving. I feel like we're now at a point in the year where lines are what they are. They're not going to be jumping three points from open. And so, Really what we're trying to then find, it's kind of a transition period where you're looking for teams that are somewhat flawed, as you mentioned, but do have good home courts or do have some th- sort of thing about them that maybe is undervalued They miss a really good player for a long time this season, and now he's getting back in there and the numbers don't reflect it. Things of that nature that will help. I mean, you could argue that's certainly something for Illinois as well. Uh, but I feel like the, the price at home is short enough that I, I like Sparty there. And uh, honestly, I feel like we're into this like Sharpie type of – end of season where you're, you're betting teams that are not really pretty that have big flaws, but uh, if the number makes sense and they're at home, that's generally where you're going to find me.
0: Yeah. Th- my only concern with your, with your pick here is that what we know about Illinois and what the metrics factor with Illinois, there's a, there's a gap in their, in in their resume where they went six games without Terrence Shannon and, I mean, obviously, you you can't take a guy like Terrence Shannon out of the lineup and expect no drop off. And I I, I want to say they won four out of those six games, but from just a an analytics standpoint, they're probably better than what their analytics say. Because if they had Terrence Shannon for those six seven games, they probably look even better than they have looked. But I I still don't know that that's enough to get me, especially outside of possession, uh, off of uh off of the home team here. So. Uh, agreement on some big 10 road dog on some big 10 home dogs. I suppose we should say, uh, all right, there we go. That is another episode in the books of RJ Bell's dream preview college basketball edition. Griffin. Thank you as always for your fine work. Uh, feel, Ooh, I, I feel like I can throw anything at you and you're always ready for it. That, uh, that, it's, <laughs> it's a good feeling when I, I, I feel like you're, you, I never throw anything at you and you go, Hmm. I'm not really sure. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like you're you're very well versed on everybody <laughs> and we don't really prep these things beforehand. We just kind of go on the fly. So uh there is something to be said for that because I do pods where sometimes there's like, man, I I just don't know what to say here. So uh I, I, I appreciate your
1: work. That's one thing you don't have to worry about me. As I will always have something to say. Uh, it's usually not the right thing, but the something. Hey, like who cares? It's uh, it's all you know. That's <laughs> all that
0: matters. You have got as long as you're not quiet, no dead air. Uh, that's yeah, radio one hundred and one. Sure. Griffin, thank you as always. Thanks to the audience as always. Griffin mentioned it earlier. Give a five star review. Help us out. Uh, we appreciate that. Let the people know, and uh, we'll be back on Sunday evening with another episode uh, previewing the early week games. Uh, I'm gonna be out. For next Thursday's episode, we'll have a fill-in. Griffin will uh, Griffin will take the lead. I'll I'll probably send over my uh, my AJ Swami lines.
1: And let you guys work okay. with them there if you want, or you can I, ignore them totally. Great. I do. I, no, no, I, I always do because it's a really good prep for me. I basically send AJ a laundry list of every game I'm potentially thinking of betting or picking for a best bet, and then uh, he gives me those, and I compare them to the Bet Online or DraftKings openers. And uh, AJ, I think said, "I really, I think I'm good. At I'm getting, this, I'm like getting better, game. right? Like it feels like a more often. Yeah, like yeah.
0: if I'm off, it's by like a point. Like so, I'm." If I'm off less than a point on something, I feel like I've kind of got it right. Uh, It's very rare that I'm off more than a point. And, like, I think there was one this week where I was off two points, and I was like, whoa. And I think we both
1: agreed. That's like, wow, that's a wild – I don't even remember what it was, but it was like, wow, that's surprising. So – yeah, I'm just disappointed we didn't have my uh, Kansas minus four out there to champion that a little bit more against Houston. I, my number was way off. I'll admit that. But you but were on the right side. Like, uh, I got a little bit of credit for it. You were
0: but... on the right. I think we were both on the right side. Let's just face it. Uh, all right. We will uh, we'll get back with you guys on Sunday. Best of luck to you this weekend, and uh, enjoy the games, guys.